Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. As you're walking back in the darkness, you see Finnick sneaking through the town. What do you do? Hey, Finnick, hold on. We want to talk to you. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. He takes off running. What do you do? We take Finnick. off after running them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I guess we're running. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. You go through the town, and there are carts and other items blocking your way from the feed mill as he's running through the buildings. You can either give me athletics to push past the carts or acrobatics to vault around them. Each of you give me your own check. Okay, you have to tell me... If you want to re-roll, I'm not going to tell you if it's good or not. You're going to have to decide on your own if you think you want to re-roll or not. Take my new hero point. I'm re-rolling. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the same. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. Celeste rolls acrobatics. Cade. Okay, yeah, Celeste gets a 12. Acrobatics. Kate gets a 14. I'll take a 17. Oh, boy. I went from a 12 to a 13. Yay. I'm thinking 15 is surely good enough. I'll hold on to my hero point. I'm thinking that 12 is not good enough, but I suck at all of those skills, so I'll just stick with it. (laughs) Celeste, you try to vault around the, the the carts. I don't know what you were thinking. Uh, you completely fall on your face. Cade initially stumbles, but then leaps over them. Brixley manages to push past the carts without any trouble, even though he initially slipped a little, but then he had no problems at all. And then Prue managed to also push past the carts. And so, so far... Cade, Brixley, and Prue are hot on uh, his tail. Uh, Celeste is a little bit far behind. Okay, so first round, you, uh, you're you following him. He is now running through town, and he is fast, like really fast. You guys need to sprint. Everyone give me a fortitude save to sprint and catch up to him. Okay. Ooh, Brixley with a 20. Nice. Cade with a 24. Yeah. Them short little gnome legs are pumping. I know. Celeste with a 17 and Prue with a 12. This is one of my best and I roll real bad. What do you want to do, Prue or anyone hero else? Hero point? No, uh, no I'm not going to hero point. It's fine. I'll catch up. Okay. Celeste, Brixley, and Cade are sprinting. It is quite a long run as he is taking you through all the dead houses and uh, Prue, Prue shouldn't have had the fourth helping. You definitely feel a cramp in your side. You're winded. You, uh, you're going to take a minus one penalty to uh, the next check because of that. Okay. 
too late now. He can't spend the hero point. That's fine. It's not worth it. You guys go through an alleyway. He's running through some mud and muck and God knows what else. Give me reflexes to either avoid falling and slipping in the mud or survival to try to pick a better path. Cade takes reflex. 23. Ooh, he's doing pretty well. Prue takes a one for survival. Gets a five. Ooh, Brixley gets 19 a 19. 19 survival. Actually, Prue gets a It's because you're all small. He's a four because <laughs> you get a minus one. Celeste, you're still in the race. Unless you want to stop stop chasing. It's up to you. Ooh, Celeste. Ooh. 11. Uh, I do want to catch up with him, but mostly I don't want to get dirty. So I'm going to spend a hero point. Okie dokie. Hero point spent. Ooh, 19. Good, good use of the hero point. Prue, are you going to do anything with your four? I am going to take it on the chin. Okay. Celeste almost slips and falls, but catches herself because, oh boy, getting all that mud on her uh, her lovely dress would have been terrible. Brixley and Cade, they're like matrixing. They're like running on the walls. That's how they're avoiding the mud. It's because they're the same size as Fennec. Parkour. <laughs> parkour. It's in the whole time. Parkour. Parkour. In fact, parkour. they're both getting into it. They're both saying it while they're doing it. Prue, on the other hand, Prue, 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 you already were winded from the sprint. You fall face first into the mud, take a full mouthful of it. You are sickened to your stomach. Minus one to all checks. Okay, I fly into rage now. <laughs> you can, but it's gonna not, it's not going to last the rest of this uh, chase. I'm going to tell That's you That's fine, right but this is suitably making her angry. Okay. You are now running through the backyards of the farms as he's continuously running. Uh, Brixley and Kate are very close. Celeste right behind Prue, way, way in the back. However, he just ran past the barn and blocking your way is a large dog barking. Looks like it's going to bite you. What are you going to do? You can use stealth to try to sneak past the dog or nature if you're trying to intimidate you can try intimidate back yeah you can try intimidate or nature if you're trained to sort of like calm the dog down uh i'm gonna do intimidate for sure that way i can try and help the other ones get away because i can do it with just a long range glare sure um i would like to use a lengthy diversion it's a it's a skill feat from deception that basically makes it so that the diversion to distract this dog lasts until the end after my next turn. So it'll be distracted long enough for me to run past. Okay. Great. Okay. You guys make your rolls. Wow. I'll stealth it. 27. Brixley. I don't think Brixley was low. that intimidating. Prue with a, a set. I can't roll over eight for my life. Okay. The 27. Oh my lord. Does anyone want to re-roll? Um, you know what? I'll spend my other. I, I'll spend my other hero point and re-roll. What the heck? Okay, you spend your hero point. Twenty two. Does Prue take it on the chin again? Why would I? These digital dice are loaded. <laughs> Everyone else is doing fine. Okay. Not mine. <laughs> All right, you take three points of damage as the dog bites Prue. You're doing. Can I have it? Can I have that go to rage? Rage temporary hit points? Sure, sure. <laughs> the dog bites you. 
Uh, Celeste is right behind. Brixley is just about... He Brixley goes around the corner, around the farmhouse, is about to actually catch him, but literally out of nowhere, Cade, with his super stealth, steps out of the shadow and grabs him by the scruff of his neck and captures him. Very Yeah, bad. I put the knife right up to him. Where are you running? Why are you running? He's he's scared to death, and he's like, "Don't hurt me! Don't hurt me! I I don't He's like crying and screaming and like trying to like he's like flailing around trying to get out of your grip. He's like he totally of uh yeah he's a total mess. Prue, help me out. Give me a minute. I'm almost there. Yeah, you need actually to spend a turn to retch to get rid of the sickening because you're uh, you have things in you. Um, Brix yeah, is right I'm next gonna, to you. I will, I'll take a turn to just spit the mud out of my mouth. <laughs> Are you spitting angry? Yes. Spitting mad? I'm a lot of mad. All right, and then I'll come over there. There he is. Look how cute he is. He's so cute. You can't hurt him. Look at him. He's a cute little goblin. Don't forget, Brixley's right next to you, Prue. I mean, Cade. Uh, no offense, but you know. You're not offending me. No offense to, to Brixley and his, his rapiers and stuff, but, you know, I need a, a, a large, massive, f- gripping arms. To well, how about out. I come over and tie his, tie his legs together? How about that? There you go. Now we're talking. No, no. The, the poor little one is probably scared. After all, someone did get murdered, and, and goblins aren't liked very much. Isn't that right? You were just you were just scared because you didn't kill anyone, did you? Celeste is totally playing good cop on this. Yes, we're doing it right. I'm bad cop, but Prue's worse cop. I'm worse cop. <laughs> What's Brixley? I think Brixley. I don't, I don't know that I have a defined You're the cop. supervisor. He, you're you're the, the, I'm the gruff. I'm the gruff sergeant. Yeah, he's the sergeant. He goes, You've gone too far, Prue. You've gone too far this time. This will rot. This will rot. Frosthammer, get in my office. We have rules. We have rules on this force. <laughs> I'll have your badges. <laughs> Kate is my buddy cop. That's right. <laughs> yes. So the the goblin is like sogging and he's begging oh, you for Oh mercy. wait, as a, as a liberator, I don't care about the rules on this force. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely gonna use some rope, and I'm gonna tie him up for sure. He, uh, he's all he's he's just crying, and he's like, "Don't, don't hurt me! Don't, don't hurt me! I, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Just, just, just! I didn't kill him. I didn't kill Bort. I didn't do it. I tell you, I did it. It's not me. It's not me. I didn't do anything. Don't, don't, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me." I didn't do anything. Oh, no, no. We, we don't need to hurt you. We understand that you you were just scared because you're, you know, a goblin and not everyone likes goblins. But but we understand. Now, someone like you, you you're pretty darn observant. Did you see anything that happened when he died? Can I roll the plumsy? Sure. Ooh, that was a good roll. 19. He looks at you and says, you're a nice lady. You're nice. Yeah. Yeah. Harold. Tell Bully he cornered me. He gave me a vial of spices and told me that if I didn't put it in Bort's food, he'd, he'd find myself. Uh, he'd, he'd kill me. He'd put, he'd put one of his knives up to my throat and cut me open. And he'd feed me to his dogs. Uh, he said he said, he said, said it was going to make him sick. Uh, he, said, he said it was payback for a deal he made. That He said it was a bad deal. Yeah, I tell you, if I didn't want to get beaten or cut. 
So I did it. I, I put it in. I just, I, I put it in, I tell you. And then, and then the fight broke out. And, and then I ran away. I ran away. I didn't, I, I didn't want to know what happened. I'm going to sense his motive of my perception just to be sure. You don't know that. But roll again. Two more. Two more. Mm-hmm. He has a secret check. Oh, secret right, now. right. A secret check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, pretty good so far. 26, 20. And a nice... 23! Wow. You have a feeling, a really good feeling, that he's telling the truth. He's not lying. You said Hallid did this? Yeah. He's H. Yeah, Hallid. He gave me... He, he's always beating on me. He's terrible, but he... Yeah, he gave it me this little vial. This little, this little, this little vial was really nice. And he said, he said, just put it in. He said, it's gonna, it's gonna be a prank. It's gonna make him sick. He said, everyone's gonna laugh. Can you, can you describe the vial to us? He looks up and he's like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was green. It was little. It had a, a gold on it. A little cork. It smelled like flowers. Does that match the description of the vial we found earlier? Uh, it yeah, does. I think it does. I thought so. You've been very brave. Thank you so much for telling this. Would you be willing to, to tell this to the authorities here in town? We'll protect you against Hallad. He, he looks totally uh, defeated, and he's like, Yes, uh, I, I will. I will. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I, I, I found out later after the fight that he died. I've been hiding ever since, but I was running out of food, and I heard, I heard about the feast. And I just wanted to come in and get some scraps. I know where I know where the, the garbage was. I was just gonna get something to eat. I was just so hungry, and it smelled so good. It's like I I really didn't mean anything. I I, I would never do anything to hurt anyone in town. Everyone knows that. I, I I just I I just was scared of Hallad, and I didn't want him to kill me. Where's Hallad? Hallad, uh, I don't know. He he he's uh he's he lives in uh, Dead Willow. Uh, it's one of the uh, it's the abandoned building on the north side of town. So many people live in abandoned buildings. They're not abandoned. At that point, they're buildings. Well, if they're squatting, I suppose. I, I don't suppose they have proper legal rights to these buildings. That doesn't mean they're abandoned. It means they're just squatting. Is that the same abandoned building that the drunk guy was talking about seeing people at, or a different abandoned building? He was saying a farm. He said west, though, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, sounds like it's... Um, You'd have to find out exactly where, but this doesn't sound like the same. There's a lot of abandoned buildings <laughs> in the north side of town, so... It was like 50 plus. You able to point out which building? Yeah, of course. Uh, and he gives you a description. And sure enough, it sounds it's just on the north of town. It's like the north and sort of off to the east. It's sort of like kind of a hidden area, kind of like in a grove near some trees and such. It's definitely one of the more remote parts of town. Well, what do we do with this little guy? Let him go. Well, we probably need to keep him safe while we investigate. Mm. Put him in the inn? And we need his testimony if we're to bring Hallad to justice. Wake up the sheriff. That's probably for the best. I'd say wake up the sheriff and get him in official custody so he can be properly protected. Oh, hey, I'm lawful neutral. Yeah, I definitely want to give him to the sheriff. Okay. Uh, Pinnock is obviously terrified. And he says, please, please, mercy, I tell you. Mercy. Oh, oh, if, if, I'm sure the sheriff, he's, he seems to be a nice guy. Uh, I'm sure anything's better, and at least I'll get fed. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, you will. We've got you tied up. You don't really have much of a choice here. Oh, we'll untie him. Okay, and sure enough, you get the sheriff. Sheriff actually was here on the feast, of course. And he says, uh, well, how, how, how goes the investigation? I see you found uh, 
Fennec, what, what are you doing with him? We know who did Tell it. him, Fennec. Fennec uh, goes on to explain exactly what he said to you about how Hallid, town bully, cornered him and gave him a vial of spices and told him to put it in Bort's food. And if he didn't, he was going to kill him. And uh, he thought it was just going to make him sick. And instead found out later that he died from the, uh, the poisoning. And he did put it into porridge. And uh, yeah, he's been hiding ever since. But he ran out of food and he was starving. So he came into town to steal some more food. <laughs> borrow more food. Well, there you go. What are you going to do with him? Rolf is uh, thinking. He goes, well, I'll take him in. And I guess we'll hold him here in the, the feed mill for now. This place is getting mighty crowded, I tell you. Uh, but he can't go unpunished for this crime. I tell you, I think uh, I have to wait till the judge comes back in a month. But uh, if you you speak to the judge, I'm sure if you speak to the judge on his behalf, you'll get a lighter sentence. Also, perhaps you bring Hallid in, maybe, maybe that would help. Instead, bring him to justice, and then Finnick can go free. Well, we're going to go take a look at the place that Hallid was staying at. Tomorrow, though, it's awful late. And we're exhausted. Sure, sure, I understand, yeah. Uh, Dead Willow, that's where he lives, that Hallett. I never liked him very much. No one really likes him. I never thought he would do something like this. Never thought he'd poison someone. Something's going on with him, I tell you. Something, something strange. Something strange with Hallett? You mean he's been acting differently? Well, he's always bully. And he's obviously never been nice to anyone, especially poor Pinnock. He doesn't go around murdering people. Fact, this What's his job, actually? What does he do in this town? Hallett? <laughs> That's a good question. The sheriff thinks for a sec. He says, so I don't rightly know. I know he does a lot of business with Bort. And he always seems to be uh, seems to be fairly well off in that he has a nice armor and nice weapons. So he, uh, he must be trading something with him. Uh, what? I'm exact, not exactly sure. But I always hold up in that... Uh, that house of his during the day and he comes to feed mill at night to eat and uh, abuse poor Pennant, but other than that, he keeps to himself. Well, we'll make sure to have a talk with him tomorrow. And in the meantime, we'll we'll keep Pennock here. I'm sure he'll be happy. We'll put him to work. And this way, he'll have somewhere to sleep. We even get to sleep in a room instead of the barn every night. It's like one in the morning now. The place is kind of winding down a little. People are still having a pretty good time. Yeah, he's all a little bit wounded, but uh, by chasing Pinnock and hearing his tail, you got another 30 experience points and another hero point. How about that? Woohoo! Dang! Dang. 710 experience. Ding, ding. I'm definitely going to use the wash basin and then go to bed. Okay, and I'm just going to assume you can do enough healing to heal yourselves without having to resort to... You could do first aid and stuff. I'm going to presume that you'll, since all of you only have a few hit points of damage, like Cade and Brixley have like two or three here and there. So, All right, sounds good. Phoenix in custody. You wake up the next morning all rested. Got all your spells back. Got all your lay on, lay on hands back. Cade has all of his knife sharpened. Prue is still in a bad mood. It's a new day. That's just my normal mood. <laughs> What are you going to do? Have breakfast. Turnips and applesauce. Your favorite. Mm -mm. I suppose it is the most important meal of the day, but shouldn't we be getting on about this Hallid business? I think we should find him, don't you think? Brixley, I can you agree? take it with me. 
Yeah, we probably should strike before he finds out from if it, yeah. yeah for the rumor mill that that somebody caught Finnick. First thing in the morning, we go to get this guy. Breakfast is our reward. All right, let's go. Delma throws you turnips. It's like, oh, here, take these for the road. They're like cooked turnips in like a little napkin, so you can eat them like a like a muffin. That's, yep, that's something. All right. <laughs> all right, give me a sec. So it's early in the morning. You are all nice and rested. You go to the north side of town, and sure enough, the building is very easy to find. It's earned its name from the large dying tree in the front yard, and it is in very, very poor condition. You see in front of you a huge dead willow that stands in front of a house that appears to be in serious disrepair. It might have had a second story at one point, but that was long ago, and that collapsed into ruin, taking parts of the first floor with it. The windows are all boarded over, and the front door hangs open about a foot, kept from swinging wider by a frayed rope. The yard is a complete mess of overgrown weeds... The house appears to be constructed from thick wooden posts, slats, and plaster, and appears to be barely standing. What do you do? So, before we get too close, I want to ask the group. So, uh, is this a kick-in-the-door situation or what? Uh, let me do this. I'll circle, I'll circle around back and I'll see what I can see. Just wait here. Sounds good. Uh, okay. Alright, I'm gonna actually roll your stealth. Just to save time yeah, here. Roll my stealth. So just put me where you want to be. Uh, let's see. Like, I'm going to go around this red barn. Okay, so you're to the house. west of the house. Yep. Right, and then, you know, skulk my way from there in a roundabout way to the back. Okay, you, you managed to go to the barn that's like, appears to be just another abandoned house to the, to the west. That's about... Like, I, my ultimate goal is to end up somewhere back here. Okay, here's the thing. You start... But after a while, you realize that the area around the, the willow tree in the front is all but impassable as the dead branches and leaves are just like all over uh, the chunk. Um, you do go about to the south, and sure enough, the, the trees and the bushes are so unkempt and have been growing wildly for the last 20 years. It's really, really hard to go through this. There's no way you're stealthing. I mean, you're kind of quiet, but there's no way you're like quiet. <laughs> it's just, it's just too much. Like you crunch, can't, crunch, yeah, crunch, it's crunch. Just, it's a way above your pay grade. Uh, this level of, uh, of of growth, but you can well, you then, can do your then best. on the road. Then on the road. Okay, that you can do a little better. However, you are in plain sight, so yeah, it's just really, really hard to sort of go along through. the house. Like sure, a, I see. Underneath okay. the windows, sure. Like okay, against still, the wall. Yes, you're like you're you're like sneaking up. You're like go up to, against the wall, trying to hide in shadows in the bright light of day. You go up to the wall, the west side. After crunching through the underbrush, after crunching on the path, and after going up against the house. Meanwhile, Celeste, Prue, and Prixley. All look at each other, realizing this is the worst stealthing ever. But so far, so good as nothing has come out and killed you. What do you do? I look uh, back. I look back. I shrug. And I'll point around the back. And I point at them. And I gesture toward the front. I think that means that we go to the front while he goes around back. And then I'll make a kick gesture and point at Prue. 
I know what that means. <laughs> All right, y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Yeah. He's a big guy, but I suppose there's no getting around it. All right, I'll I'll head up to the front door with the intention of putting my boot on it. Crew is striding up to the door. Everyone else is put everyone else where you want to be. Crew goes right up to the front door. Brixley is sort of near her. Is this a window or a door? Uh, those are windows. Yeah. What is that to the What is that to the left of the porch? That is, is that a window. window or a door? Yeah. There appears to be two windows to the south and two windows to the north of the house. The windows are boarded over. All four of them. Mm, are any of them like are they boarded tight or are they you know movable? Like I'm not going to move them now, but I want I just want to look. Are there gaps? Are they rotted? You look at that window. That you're in front of Cade. I'll tell you your results in a second. While Prue, because you guys are totally on other sides of this house right now. So we're going to do this simultaneously. Prue, what are you going to do? I'm going to boot in the door with an athletics check, I guess. Sure. Celeste is worried that this is an ambush because we haven't been that stealthy. She's going to ready an action to cast Sanctuary on... Prue after she boots in the door. And what does Sanctuary do exactly? Sanctuary means that any, uh, assume it's a mind-affecting spell, um, and any creature that tries to attack her needs to make a will save or they fail. Excellent. However, if she takes an aggressive action, it breaks the spell. But that at least will prevent any random ambush from whoever is inside. Okay. So give me an athletics check. To uh, crush that poor door open. 13. More than enough. I just can't roll very well. (laughs) It's okay. It's more than enough because the door is barely on its hinges and is being held open. Sorry, being held closed by a frayed rope. You kick open the door. A few things happen. Cade walks up to the uh, window and realizes that... This boarded over window is fake. And in fact, you can open it with ease. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Prue kicks open the door. Great. Ooh, only a 20. Does a 20 hit you, Prue? Uh, yeah, my AC is 17. 17. Oh, is this a trap or an intelligent creature? A trap. Uh. As you kick open the door, a spear launches from the inside of the house, getting right into the meat of your chest, doing chest meats. Let's see. 11 points of damage. 2d6 plus 6 points of damage. Well, the door is open. You have a large spear sticking out of your chest, and Prue found the secret entrance. Cade found the secret entrance. Cade found the secret entrance. Well, when I hear her kick it in, I go through the secret entrance, all quiet-like. Uh, when she gets freaking murdered by a spear, I heal her ass. But she got hit in the chest. Yep. Okay, fine. I heal her chest. <laughs> there was only one spear. <laughs> so did I mention this is? Did I mention this is a touch spell? Look, you're the doctor. It looks like nothing else happened. Like it was just kind of a one-time thing. Uh, Prue is still standing. Obviously. Yeah, I'm gonna rip the spear out. Okay. Oh God. Uh, Celeste is going to use her angelic halo and then heal Prue. Or, uh, you said all those 11 hit points? Yep. Uh, 
on a minimum roll, that's going to be all the hit points for a heal spell. Oh, nice. I always forget why it's important to have a main healer. That's why. Celeste says, inconvenient. Yeah, we're about to make something a whole lot more inconvenient for somebody on the inside. And then I'll step inside. You, uh, you step inside, and Cade, what are you doing? You actually open up the back, and you, you open can it up, tell yeah. that it was completely fake. It was actually boards attached to a hinged shutter, allowing it to be opened with ease. And you were able to very easily see it. Sneak in, knife, short sword out, dagger out. Yeah, you actually had to, I took care of it for you. But what you actually needed to do was put your dagger in and, like, unlatch it from the inside. It was latched, but you were able to... Oh, sure. Okay. And it was very easy for you to do because your theory is so high. So you were able to open it. Yeah. And sure enough, you see Prue with a large spear sticking out of her. And uh, Prue sees Cade walking through a window in the north side of the house. Give him a knowing nod. Hmm. We both did our jobs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Inside, you see a foyer that is clearly abandoned. There is branches and debris in the room. The furniture is smashed and soiled. There's a thick layer of dirt and grime that covers every single surface. It looks like no one has used this room in years. What's on the, the, the... My left. What's... Are there more doors in here? There appears to be... Uh, to your left, there's another room. So this appears to be the foyer. And then to the east, there is like a living area. I'll take another step forward. So I should be next to the next doorway. Sure. The doorways to the east are completely open. And also you can see the uh, heavy crossbow that was hidden in the trash with a loaded spear. So it looks like this was kind of a taken and jerry-rigged. It was like an old heavy crossbow that was jerry-rigged to uh, attach to the floor, and sure enough, it was a fairly simple mechanism that if the door was opened, it would fire on somebody. And, well, it worked. In this area, it is just filled with debris. It looks like this is kind of a living area. It looks like there was, this is like kind of where the second story was and collapsed, and you can't even tell like where the first story and the second story ends. There is what used to be a fireplace to the east, and again, just broken furniture and like a messed up mat on the floor. I'd like to look for signs of recent feet. I'd like to use survival to check for tracks. Okay. Twelve. I haven't rolled over an eight this entire game. You look around, you see no tracks. This area appears to be covered in dust and dirt, and you don't see any footprints or anything really other than animal prints in this area looks like no one's been here for a while i'm gonna start um looking around in this room i go around the edge like i go around the outer edge and then head around into here okay you go through all the debris and sure enough this place is completely collapsed and it is just filled with garbage more garbage and then more garbage on top of that What's under that rug? Go find out. Is that a body in the corner? It looks like a body. It's actually like broken furniture. Yeah, well, let's just search this place and see if there are any secret doors or traps or uh, trap doors or something. Yeah, it's um. if you can. Well, first is the rug. What are you going to do with the rug? 
Look, lift it up. Look under it. You lift up the rug and dozens of baby centipedes and millipedes and silverfish scuttle all over the place. It looks like you disturbed their lunch. Gross. Ugh. That's, that's cozy. And after you do that, a family of rats scurries out of the fireplace and starts squeaking loudly. It looks like you have disturbed quite a few animals having a little meal. Good job. I took the fireplace next. Fireplace looks like it's barely holding up this entire house. Celeste starts going through some of the rubbish. And as she does, dirt starts to fall from what's left of the second floor onto her and other dust. And it seems like there's a very, very real chance that this entire house will collapse if you try to disturb much more of it. Uh, hmm. We should probably be more careful. Maybe there's nothing here. Well, obviously someone didn't want us looking around, though. Oh, because of the trap. Yeah, right. No, yeah. Is there any second floor to speak of, or is it just... What you can see is mostly just debris and just beams. There's something up there, but if there is, it definitely would not be able to hold your weight. And whatever okay. is left looks like it would collapse, and it looks like you might even bring the walls down on top of it. I'll, I'll step outside, because I know I'm not the most delicate of people to be inside. I don't want to risk knocking the house over myself. Bowl in a china shop. I'll let the light-footed halfling do the searching. Yeah, I'll do it. Who's going to be in the house, and who's going to be outside the house? I'm in the house searching. Brixley? Um, I'd be willing to be in the house to cover Cade, but I'll probably wait close to the door. He's got like one foot out the door, one foot in the house. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm very light behind you, buddy. I don't have any armor on to speak of. Brixley is a little kind of a, you know, he's small, but he's dense. I'm a mini tank. Yeah. So Brixley is out there. Let's see. Celeste is, she's, she's gone. She's nowhere near that house. Cade. Okay. I'm not getting smashed flat. You could. It'll be fun. Smashed by a flat. Okay. Brixley, are you going to be helping at all with the searching, or are you just letting poor Cade do everything? I mean, I'll do I like just this. a general perception, but I'm not going to actively look. I'm got gonna it. Keep, I'm going to be okay. ready in case. I'm going to have my sword out and be ready in case a bad guy shows up. Got it. You guys are lucky I'm using the purple dice of death because these secret rolls are coming out unbelievable for you. Anyhow, Cade... You managed to start doing a fairly thorough search as much as you can. You're digging through the debris. It's going to definitely take several hours to go through everything if you want. You are very careful not to cause the second story to collapse on top of you. You're doing an excellent job of Yay. shifting through. How long do you want to spend doing this? It'll probably take you a good four hours to thoroughly search. I mean, I'll tell you, it'll take hours to sift through this, but I think it's important that we do. I want to check outside the house for clues, too, just in case. So, Okay. Cade, you spend a couple of hours going through the uh, the house, and you are convinced by, by the time it's noon that there's nothing here, that this place is just completely okay. abandoned. There's no secret entrances. There's no way. There was a secret entrance. Only <laughs> one, though. Only one. one. Yeah, the other boards are all, like, real boards. In fact, that was the only one that was uh, a trap door that was, like, kind of hidden. However, while Prue is walking around the grounds doing uh, her survivals, 
she uh, realizes that there appears to be tracks leading up to the front door, but then away from the door and towards the stream. Hmm, I'll point that out. Well, someone's been here. Where did the tracks come from? The tracks led up to the house and then away from the house towards a stream in the woods. Where's that farmhouse that we were warned about from the PTSD guy? Is it that's downstream? Like a half, no, that's like a half a mile away. Yeah, that, that's far away. Well, we want to follow these tracks. I suppose it's yep. our only lead. All right, then. Better than randomly sifting through rubble. Here's what they look like. Be on the lookout for these. Okay. Do you feel like you're done with the house, Cade? I do. Did I find anything like five? Nope. Nope. Not even one copper piece. Nothing at all. So, you follow the tracks. They lead down by the river. Um, where do these tracks lead? They lead to patience. You manage to go to the river, and you find appears to be a small entrance. An entrance to what? That's the trick, isn't it? Appears to be a small entrance to, well, there's a little door that leads to something. What are you going to do? Huh. I'll, uh, I'll notion to Cade. Take a look at it. Take a look. Maybe this was leading to, like, an underground basement or something. It looks like this was here long ago. Mm-hmm. And it looks like this was another way into, well, another part of this complex. I uh, see if I can check it for traps and unlock it. Oh, you can open it. You Well, let's see. You check it for traps. You don't think there's any traps. You uh, open it up, and you see a room filled with debris from a collapsed roof. There's just enough room for two creatures, medium-sized, to stand in the space. And you can see there's a crawlway under the debris. And the the crawlway is mostly free of grime and dust. But you'll only be able to move through the crawlway in single file. Alright. However, small creatures like Cade and Prixley can move at normal speed and do not need to crawl. Must be nice. Dibs on last. Alright, I like it. For once, there's a benefit to being short. Should I go in front since I'm semi-heavily armored? Yeah, being a pseudo-tank. And being able to stand. Pseudo. Seems like it's logical for me to go in front. Yes, it's logical. You yeah. are a tank. Give me a marching order. I actually don't have a part for this on the map, so just sort of put yourselves here. I'm going to put Brixley in front. Is that the marching order? We have Brixley, Cade, Celeste, Prue, from what I can... Sorry. Sounds sorry. good. Sorry. Brixley, Cade, Celeste. Brixley, Celeste. (laughs) Celeste. I keep doing that. I don't know why. Right. So Celeste is in her air. Brixley's in the front. Okay. What do you do? Do you go into the little room? Do you go under the debris into the little crawl space? Do it. Sure. Okie dokie. Give me a second. I'm going to pick up a fat beetle and throw it at Celeste while we're crawling. Ew. Be quiet back there. You go crawl. The good news is uh, Brixley and Cade can strut their stuff as it's just tall enough to hit the top of their head. Celeste has I to... Apologize. I apologize for this, but... You can't tell by the way I use my walk. 
Sorry. <laughs> Amazing. That was very good. Um, Celeste still is like, she's almost short enough to make it, but not quite. So she still has to kind of crawl or like crouch. Uh, Prue is uh, all, on all fours because she's way too big to, to, to make it through this area. Grumbling the whole time. That's right. And you can only go five feet per action as you crawl. After 15 feet, it takes a left turn. And as you um, make the left turn, Brixley feels and hears a click and realizes that ain't good. Let's see. Brixley, Cade, and Prue, give me a reflex save as the ceiling collapses on top of you. Oh, that's wonderful. Brixley with a 22. Not too bad. Prue with a 13. Oh! Cade with a 28. Does anyone want to re-roll? Celeste is in the back. It happens right in front of her. She's not going to get hit by the debris, but... All the dust, just sort of like she's just crawling, and next thing she knows, there's just a wall of dust and the entire ceiling falling on top of her friends. Prue, are you going to re-roll, or Brixley, or Cade? I'll take this on the chin. I'm good. I'm good with mine. I don't think I'm doing much better than a seventeen, a natural seventeen. Okay. This so is what, horrifying. The way I've been rolling tonight, I'll roll under this ten. This is the best I've had yet. The debris falls on top of you, doing 3d6 bludgeoning damage. Those of you who made the saves take half damage, so it's only, instead of 13, it's a mere uh, 6 points of damage. Prue takes the full 13. Yep. Okay. I didn't critically super double succeed on this. Uh, Actually, what did you roll? 28. 28. That has to be the greatest. You critically succeed because I completely yes. forgot about that rule. Good oh, job. I'll never let you forget me. about that rule. Oh, you're done. Well, yeah, you did. You critically succeed, succeeded. So, wow, that's even more fun. So, Prue gets completely uh, buried. Brixley gets sort of buried, but is small enough to avoid it. Cade does his best Matrix impression and dodges out of the way and somehow is standing there with an entire ceiling fallen all around him, but he's taken down. At this point, it's just comedic how much keeps hitting me. It actually is quite funny. Now, here's the thing. This entire corridor is now blocked off. Brixley can stand up. Prue can stand up. You're going to have to get rid of this debris to continue. So there's also looks like there's a chance that you can cause this to fall more and do more damage to you. It's up to you. This looks like this was a trap set to do. Well, exactly this. And you set it off. It's cleared out. Oh, Prue. Celeste is going to attempt to do whatever she can to help dig her friend out. Okay, I, I guess, I'll guess dig I myself out, but I'm yeah, definitely Prue and Brixley are actually immobilized and trapped under the crushing weight of the. Oh, debris. there we go. So that's comforting. Yeah, I'll heal you once you're free and not about to die. Okay. What is it to get out? Is that athletics or something? They can just yeah. I mean, they can just uh, use athletics to help you out. It's not like you're being attacked by anything. So I would just do athletics check, and as long as you don't fail it or crit fail it, then uh, you don't cause any more damage or anything else to I'm kind of afraid to cast another die, though, because those aren't really going in my favor. Someone else can do it for you. They can do it. They can use theirs to pull you out. You don't have to do it. 
13. Rixling is, uh, you're still trapped. You try to, like, move and can't get yourself out. Crew, with a 26, explodes out of the debris, finally. She's angry. She uh, critically crushes the debris and then even manages to get Brixley free as well, that she's so angry. It's been a bad day. There you go. Um, so with that, you are, well, you're all free, and you need to figure out what are you going to do? You're going to clear up the debris? You're going to... I think we should sit to... down and do a medicine break. <laughs> yeah, I was also thinking, like, now that they're free, how long has it been since we arrived at the house? It's been about four hours. Well, then I definitely have my focus point back. So um, I am going to use Angelic Halo again, and then use after that, use a three-action heal. Which should do a D8 plus two. So let me roll that. All right. So that should be eight points of healing back uh, to everyone, specifically Prue and Brixley. I mean, we have a uh, lay on hands on tap too, don't we? Well, yeah, I can do a lay on hands. I mean, and I, if we take it, if we were to take a 10 minute rest, I could get it back for a sec for another use. I think a 10 minute rest might be prudent. After we dig ourselves out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you've dug yourself out and you've kind of gone back to like where it's safe. And it looks like you just have to sort of move and carefully get all this debris out. It won't be so bad since Cade and Brixley can stand in this area. Um, obviously, it's going to be way harder for Celeste and Prue since they're literally crawling. So um, how much does that heal if you use that? Jeez. Lay on hands is six points flat. <laughs> Oh, if you lay on hands with Prue, I think she's fully healed. I think you're all back to full for now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, uh, if Celeste was going to cast a heal, that would heal me, and then I can use mine on the rest of Prue's damage. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't enough to fully heal her because she took so much. So who wants to be in charge of clearing out the debris? In charge? I mean, I can supervise. Is that what I, you mean? I am strong, so I feel like I should probably do something. Athletics. It is athletics. So... Give me a check. You can try to aid Cade. It is a athletics DC 20. 17 for a 23. Yeah, you don't even need to. Uh, Brixley manages to clear out all the debris in a mere five minutes and make it so you can continue on your way. It wasn't hard at all for him. He also felt probably a little guilty for setting off the trap. In <laughs> I'll go first. And hopefully my perception and thievery will be better. I'll still go second. If it makes you feel any better or worse, Brixley, you only failed by one to see the trap. So, Because I roll it. and uh, you... That makes me feel worse. Okay, just making sure. And so if that was Cade, he would have found that trap and he would have not set it off. Oh, good points. The good news is you are getting experience. Let me see how much experience you're getting for nearly killing each yourself. I love that. You get XP for hurting me. Sorry. No, no, no. It's the dice. Now, if I leveled for hurting you, that would be pretty impressive. I am your final boss fight. We're at 710 right now, right? Yeah. That's right. Believe it or not, it, I got to check, but according to this, you only up to 730 for surviving those traps. They're not nearly So like as, 20 more? Yeah. I was only an extra 20 for surviving the spear launcher and the falling debris. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So you continue. The crawlway continues for another 10 feet. And... It opens up now into a small chamber that appears to have once been a closet. There's a door leaving the space that is barred by debris on the other side. What are you going to do? Let's look at it first. Give it a good eye. 
and get out of this collapsing ca cavern into the room and start searching around. Um, Cade, you look at the door, and sorry, the door leaving the space is barred by debris on the other side and cannot be opened at all. But there's a hatch you notice built into the floor. It appears to be very old, but it's free of debris and dust. The hatch also appears to not be locked, but the hinge is terribly rusted. Let's see. Um, Celeste, you look around, and it looks like that this is definitely a basement of some sort, and looks like it is in serious disrepair. What it was used for, you're not sure. It looks like it would have continued past this door, but this door is completely barred and does not look like it's going to open or go anywhere else. It looks like the only way you can go through is either to break down the door and try to chip your way through, or this unlocked hatch in the floor with the rusty hinge. So we're going through, like, a cellar complex? Yeah. Think of it this way. Like, near the river, sort of like in the hillside, there was a small door, and you opened it up, and there was, like, a very tiny room... And then there was like a collapsed ceiling and you crawled through the collapsed area into another room. It looked like this was actually a larger complex and only two of the rooms were intact. And the hallway you, you crawled down probably was a normal sized hallway, but over the years has collapsed from like the weight of everything above it. So it kind of used to be like, like a little bunker. Yeah, in a way, or like a storehouse. What are you going to do about the hatch? Let's check the hatch out, see what can be done. Trapped, going to be opened. Okay, you look at the hatch. You don't detect any traps. It looks like it totally can be open. It's up to you. All right. I open it in such a way that I am behind it when I pull the door up. Like, the door is a shield. Okay. You open the hatch. It makes a screeching noise that echoes throughout oh. the chamber. Everywhere you hear... <laughs> It's like the worst noise possible. Uh, whatever. A ceiling collapse, well... so I'm not worried. <laughs> you might as well be setting off a klaxon. Under the hatch is a stone-lined chute that descends about 30 feet. Handholds have been carved into the stone wall, but they appear to be uneven and treacherous. There's no hmm. light in the chute. What do you do? Do we want to strike up a torch and throw it down there? Sounds good. All right, I have we'll one it. better. Uh, Celeste is going to just pick up a rock off the ground, cast light on it, and then throw it down there. Cool. You throw a light down there, and that is what you see. You see the uneven handholds going down 30 feet, and there appears to be a small corridor about 15 feet wide, ending in a door. Cade, I think maybe you should, since I missed the last trap, maybe you want to go well, down I, there and take a look. I've got this. I got it. I'll go down. Sneakily, carefully, thievery. Observantly. Okay. You can either go with some speed, and I'll need an acrobatic check, or with now you have some light, and you can see you can go down really, really slow. I've got low light vision, so I'll go down slow. So is that stealth? Uh, if you want. 
Yeah, I roll it actually. Um, oh, sorry. It's okay. You go down pretty pretty quietly. I mean, <laughs> it's too late now. You can still hear the echoes of the creaking from the. Shit, still creaking. Stop it! it from it's creaking. still it's still echoing. It's like every time you bump yeah, into yeah. it, it's like <laughs> it's making tons of noise. You get down thirty feet and you are at the floor. And uh, yep, you're there. And there's a door in front of you. Everyone else lays out. Take a look at that door. How how is it how is it looking for traps and such? And the floor, the floor too. You look at the floor. Here's be well traveled. No traps. You look at the door, and it looks like an old wooden door that has rusted hinges and looks like it's completely unlocked. So it has rusted hinges. Um, uh, let me see if I have anything on me that can stop with the squeaking what are the rest of you doing you're up there 30 feet away you're more than you're 40 feet away from him now i guess after it looks like he's not like i'll concerned. go back to the ladder and give a thumbs up and i just say hold on a sec like just yeah gesturing. Uh, okay so all we see is you at the bottom gesturing with a thumbs up okay thumbs up and like hold a sec and uh i have some soap and what i'll do is jam pieces of it and coat the hinges with it. So I can get a couple of, you know, mm-hmm. so it doesn't squeak as much. It's not oil, but maybe for the first time I open it, it won't be an echoing blast of sound. Then I go back to the ladder, and I give thumbs up, and I say, come down. Okay. Who's going down first? I'll go down next. you go down slow or fast? Uh, I'll go slow. Okay, you easily make it down the treacherous path. There's room for one more, and then someone can be holding on to the wall if they want. I'll go down slowly next. Yep, dibs on last. Okay. Do you want to be holding onto the ladder like ten, like five feet above? Sure. Through? Okay. All right. You're all in the hallway, all three of you. Celeste is like up on the wall, and the hinges have been soaked. What are you gonna do? I go to the door and I and I open it up. Open it up. What is your thievery plus what? Plus, hold on, uh, where is it? Plus seven. Wow, it works. You open up the door, oh so quietly. The old wooden door swings open on rusted but now quiet hinges, revealing a room lit by a single flickering torch. Through the gloom, you see piles of small crates and more than a few barrels stacked up haphazardly on the south side of the room. Opposite you is a stout wooden door with iron bands, while the north side of the room is bare, save for an iron grate set into the middle of the wall. The stench of smoke and damp dog hangs heavily in the air. Damp dog. Mm-hmm. Gross. Okay, this is what happens. You smell damp dog. You open up the door. You look and see this kind of strange stuff going on in this room and then you hear barking and more barking as the dogs see Cade and the gate is opening roll for combat and we'll pick up next time with this interesting combat about to take place (laughs) yeah Oh, oh no oh no you actually got 30 more points 
for making it this far. So you have 760 experience points. Oh, you're getting close. You're getting close to level two. You might want to you might want to start thinking about them level two characters. That's assuming you survive, by the way. That is assuming we survive these damp dogs. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that Mountain Dew is not one of the four food groups.